Hey everybody, Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. This is episode 14, probably 13 more than I thought I'd actually make it to. Excited to keep bringing these to you. Hope you're enjoying them. If so, subscribe on iTunes. Give me a hit. Comment on the website. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see us talk about. Because, you know, there's only so much Hollywood dirt that we can get to. But if there's something that you'd like to hear us talk about, let me know. And we'll bring it up on there and talk about it. Um, on this week's show, we're talking about the ridiculousness that Black Lightning and Black Panther are facing with some allegations and claims that they're anti-white. Really? I mean, stupid. But we're going to break that down and discuss it. We're also going to talk about the TV shows. We're also going to talk about that amazing, astonishing Black Panther world premiere. I want to talk more about Black Panther because I don't want to kill it right now. But lots of cool stuff on that. Comic book reviews this week, only four from DC this week, but they were great. Dark Knight's Metal, uh, Detective Comics, and Flash Annuals. Really, really good stuff. If you're into comic books, you've got to check this, this stuff out. I have some thoughts on the big Superman shakeup. You can also read that on the site. And I'm almost caught up on all the, the crazy Marvel Legend reveals that Hasbro has done in advance at Toy Fair. February is going to be a pretty wide open month for me, so I plan to do a lot of coverage. So stay tuned. Check out Lyle's Movie Files. Check me out on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. For now, here's this episode and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to another installment. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lyles. Joining me today, Javon King, how you doing? I'm, I'm living fat, G. How you doing? I'm living pretty well, man. Maybe not fat, but comfortably large in time for January and February. Chief, how you doing, wrong? man? Every day is good, Jeff. Every day is good. Gunner, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Feeling fat, but literally fat because, you know, I just haven't worked out all year. So there you go. Jace, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, bro? Hey, man, I'm excited. It's pretty much February. We're recording this January 31st, so it's kind of in that whole fuzzy point where there's just a couple of hours left in January. And we're looking forward to a few things. Super Bowl maybe, and Black Panther, naturally, and all kinds of cool stuff coming up for the month of February. So, fellas, since I just kicked off, let me just get going here. Fandango has been all over Black Panther. I mean, they have been so prolific in terms of hyping up this film and stoking the flames and getting people excited about it. They're saying right now it's topping all superhero all superhero movies in advanced ticket sales before uh like within the first 24 hours it outpaced all the other marvel studios now it's crushing ahead of everything that fandango had advanced ticket prices for why i mean outside of the obvious why do you think it's doing so well and building this early buzz we had the the world premiere was monday and they had a purple car purple carpet and that's kind of cool because if you see the commercials you see black panther has this like a little upgrade to his outfit where he turns purple or where there's some purple accents so i guess that's going to be a bigger part of the the movie than i expected but the early buzz on the on the people who saw that y'all aren't ready best superhero movie ever marvel's best a marvel movie that's got something to say all this stuff is leading up to what could be a massive massive hit for marvel opening the floodgates for possibly hopefully more black superheroes on the big screen so i just said a whole bunch of stuff gunner try to dissect some of what you get out of that listen uh i saw all the the purple carpet 
pageantry there and I'm still psyched. I saw some outfits that I'm like, dang, maybe I should rethink my Black Panther, Black Panther outfit, Black Panther uh, uh, opening day outfit. Um, but I already ordered it and it's already here and I already tried it on, so I'm not going to back out now. Yeah, yeah, photos will probably be on the website. Filesmoviefiles.com. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, it's already breaking records. Uh, if you recall, the first Marvel movie was also a black superhero. So let's be clear about that. The first successful Marvel movie was uh, Blade. Blade. So some people forget about that one. He was a black superhero. I was psyched then. In 1998, I am Sice now in 2018 for Black Panther. Funny how that works out, huh? And funny how that works out. This time I'm dressing up, though. It's going to be real. I caught Allison trying to find her, my wife, uh, trying to find some uh, outfits online last night. It's real. It's real. It's real. I'm on three different walls, comics and just general blackness walls, and everybody's Sice with throwing their photos up of what they're going to be wearing. Yeah, it's real. It's real right now. Man, speaking of what those people were wearing, all those celebrities, I was just, I woke my wife up early in the morning when the pictures came out. I was like, look at these outfits. This is so cool. Everybody was, they they were so decked out. And they weren't like, yeah, you see some of these movies where people just, they try to do this theme and it looks whack, but they all look cool. And it was like, man, this is coming out for a Hollywood premiere and not just kind of wearing the regular tux and suit or whatever. They they were all super classy and it's just like the outfits were all together. They looked unique and it was like, wow, this is cool. And every and it's like I think what really stood out to me was how much pride all the actors seem to take in this movie it was like yes and we're not just going to be regular we're embracing black the, we're embracing the black and black panther and we're not shying away from it and we're all about it oh yeah uh purple uh throughout the rest of you know the african people besides egypt which used purple as virtue and faith uh symbolized royalty and prosperity so that's why you saw purple bro mm-hmm. i have to change my outfit a little bit all right javon go ahead I was going to say, have we forgotten how dope we are as a people? I'm, I'm sorry. Have we forgotten? I'm going to say this, and, and, and anybody can feel however they want to say about it. We, as black people in this country, have shaped the culture of America. I'm just going to just throw this out there. Remember when rapping the hard, the hard, and every comic in the 80s and the early 80s had their my name is something, and I'm here to say, mocking hip-hop and hip-hop culture. And now you can't sell bubblegum without having a, 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 a rapper, a, a rap song from the 80s, 90s, 2000s selling it, right? We are the culture. We drive it. So to have finally, and not even finally, finally in, this, in, in, in over the last 10, 15 years, because honestly, we haven't had much representation outside of Tyler Perry presents another turd mm. ain't that yeah right. Mm. I'm not even gonna get into that. We finally have a, a chance after after Brian Coogler, Creed, Moonlight, Get Out. After this big year in, in in cinema for for black people, and even going back another ten years for Precious, all these things, The Butler, all these movies have culminated to this having an action movie. Because typically, black action stars, black superheroes, et cetera, black action pictures don't do well as a, for a broad audience, right? 
we in a position now, we have a, 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 a film on the table that's really going to open a lot of eyes. It's going to bring a lot of people to see this movie, not just us, but a lot of people. And I hope this is a start, as I said, as a diversification for the Marvel Universe when it comes to putting characters on screen, when it comes to not just Marvel Universe, but the film industry, putting characters of diverse backgrounds on film. This is huge. But it's also a reminder to us. Hey, you remember when we was dope? Remember that? We've been dope for a long time. Don't get it confused. This is just a reminder. So go look at the pictures. Go look at the movie. Go look at the pictures of the premiere. Go look at the movies and embrace this because I mean, you, you're going to hear people saying negative things because somebody's always got to be the big doodle ball and a punch bowl. But I'm not tripping off that. What I'm tripping off of is this is, a, this is it right here. You can say what you want, but we back. This is this is it. And go check out the Kendrick Lamar soundtrack for Black Panther. Right, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. All right. So, Chief, I'm looking through these Fandango numbers. They surveyed 1,000 Black Panther moviegoers. 98% said they're looking forward to a different kind of superhero movie. 95% said they're looking forward to the film's positive message. 93 said they couldn't wait to see Chadwick Boseman star in his own film after seeing him in Captain America Civil War. 86% are excited to see the film's all-female guards, warriors, and 85% are intrigued by the film's exotic setting in the mythical African kingdom of Wakanda. I'm going to assume that of these thousand moviegoers, not all of them were black. What do you think it is that is getting Black Panther's attention to all demographics and not just folk that look like Black Panther? Um... To be honest with you, uh, it 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 looks like a good superhero movie. I, I I think superhero movies don't necessarily count as much as they do uh, black white uh, the regular movies. Like you 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 know what I mean? People mm -hmm. go see Marvel. Like he's a, he's actually a Marvel comic book character. Um, that looks like it's going to be a fantastic movie. I don't think that uh, it so much counts as, 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 as much as, it's, you know, as much as, you know, seeing something else would. Um, it just, you know, from the previews, from the way they hooked it up, and, and you know, it just looks like it's going to be a really uh, action-packed movie. Um looks like it's going to be visually uh, incredible. And I think that, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, cause I, I know I've never gone and said to myself, oh, you know, I'm not going to go see this Captain America movie because, you know, Captain America's white. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that, 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 you know, in comic books that counts so much. I mean, you've got a lot of people who read comic books and they, they're excited about this character. Um, and it looks like, like I said, it looks like it's going to be a well-played movie. So I think the people that are going to see it are people who are comic book people or, or at least, um, people who don't care about, you know, um, that, that color line in, in, in comics. So I think everybody who's, who's going to see it has, has, has that genuine, you know, genuine interest in it, um, like like I do. Um, so, 
there it is, you know. I, yeah. I think that's what it is. All right, good deal. All right, so, Jace, we've got – I think when we were doing all our excitement and, and hype for this movie and we were like, ha-ha, they're putting Black Panther out in February, one of the things we probably overlooked was – that Marvel Studios set this film up to come out during President's Day weekend, which is huge and is major because that's an extra day where a decent amount of audience members don't have to work. So they get the full Monday where families in particular can go to the movies together and go check this bad boy out. And I think that extra day of wide open attendance is going to lead to maybe surpassing that 120 million range that is already estimated. Why do you think that made it so important for Marvel to set that up, not just in February, but for President's Day weekend? To have that built-in audience and that extra day, I I think that was actually a very uh, smart move on Marvel's part. Since last year, Three of, the, three of their films, which they released, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok, are in the top 10 of Marvel highest grossing films, with Ragnarok being the lowest at $313 million. So Black Panther getting the same kind of really positive word of mouth that Thor Ragnarok got. I'm really curious to see if Black Panther will actually crack this top 10 before, the, before its run is over. What do you guys think? Is it going to be a long-term success, or will it kind of peter out kind of in that middle area, maybe 250? Well, let's talk in war- we're talking well, worldwide or No, it's just domestic. Well, well, let me ask you oh, you got what enough black people in this month? world that are going to watch it five times. Yeah. <laughs> and what else is coming out this month? It's a perfect month yeah. for it to come out. There's oh, nothing. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I didn't see anything that I could say, okay, the third week of February, watch out for this movie because it could uh, it could usurp Black Panther as the number one movie in the country. I just don't see anything. There is no big Thor Ragnarok was to, I mean probably would have done more business if Justice League didn't come out. So yeah. that number slightly skewed a little bit. So yeah. they got and, and Jeff, you probably have a better idea. What are the next big movies coming out? And like I think probably March. Marsh doesn't have a lot coming up either. Black Panther's really going to have a wide berth to do some major damage because Mm -hmm. the only thing that maybe possibly can detract from it is uh, Game Night. But I don't think that's necessarily anywhere on the same radar for people as Black Panther. And people like the comic book movies. And Marvel Studios has been on a killer roll. I mean, not just from last year, but I mean, every movie keeps doing well. Going back a year ago, or two years ago, Civil War is another one of their highest grossing films. It's the fourth highest grossing film for Marvel Studios. And Doctor Strange is right up there. Uh, I mean, geez, Ant-Man did a whole lot of money. So, Ant-Man. Yeah. And Ant-Man we'll, talk, we'll gonna talk about that in a second. But yeah. So there, it's, it's got a wide open February and March. I mean if it just gets a whole month to dominate, that's great. And that's going to give it that, that boost to take it over to Jason's point. Ragnarok was only 5 million back from Iron Man. And you got to figure at least five or 6 million people went to see justice league. that could have gone to see Thor. So good yeah. point on that. And you got a star studded cast as well. Look at this. How many golden globe, and Oscar nominee and winners, nominees and winners are in this cast. 
This is a star-studded cast, just like Justice League, just like um, even Ant-Man, for goodness sake. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Chad Bozeman, Michael B. Jordan, Forrest Whitaker alone. That's it. Daniel Kaluuya has also been nominated this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sterling Brown won Golden Globe this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's real. I mean, <laughs> the cast who? is real. Angela yeah. Bassett, who, you know, everybody thought she'd be in Marvel, in a Marvel movie called, you know, no X Men because she would have played the best Storm back in the day. Uh, I mean, I, here she is in her in her in this role. So you, I, I don't see why you wouldn't see this movie. Period. Yeah. Well, I was going to say also um, one more last point. Right. It's, it's not just the fact you have young up and coming African American actors. You, like you said, you have uh, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker. You have some established like black, older black actors, so you can get your parents to see like, hey. Well, hey, oh, yeah, Forrest Whitaker's in this movie. Angela Bassett's in this movie. So you can hook even non-comic book uh, viewers into watching this movie. So I think, I mean, this should do some very good numbers for Marvel. And Jace also, each one of those guys, you know all of these people are going to chew up the scene every time they they have screen time. They're going to chew it up. So no-brainer. No-brainer. Let me ask you guys a question. How many of you guys saw Justice League? I saw it. Twice. Total. Uh, how many of you guys saw Thor Ragnarok? Now, did your choice, did you think about seeing one and not watching the other? I, my thing is this. If you're going to see a movie, you're going to see a movie. I don't think that people go in and choose... Uh, I don't think five million people made the choice... To, to spend money either on Justice League or Thor. I think if you're um, if you want to go see a movie, I think you go see it, right? I mean, I don't. If, if it did five million less, it just did five million less. I don't think five million people chose not to go out and see a movie. Uh, I mean, if, if you're if you're a comic book guy and you go out and see, if if, if you went and saw Justice League and then get to go to see Thor, and you didn't want to see Thor. I mean, in, in my mind, I don't think five million people made a choice saying I'm going to choose one one movie over another for the month. I mean, do do you guys, I mean, there's five of us on here. Every movie that you want to see, do you go see? Or well, the well, fact that we're you're talking about, said, we're talking. Would you have saw it twice? That's the thing. It's like, five, it's like I if I had already saw Thor Ragnarok, I might not have saw it a second time because Justice League was out. Just budget, just for budget reasons, I'm not going to go see this movie a second time. But I mean, you got one kid, but if you got more than two kids or two kids and more, you picking one. Yeah, that's out. The price is around here and they want to see it in 3D too? Come on, man. You pick yeah. one. Really? Yeah. So, so, for, so the, the two or three months of movie theaters in the movies, you, you don't think they go and see the other one at some point? I mean, I get that you guys. At that point, it's kid's see. choice, man. <laughs> I'm thinking of okay, family so at this point. That's my argument. So, but me, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see both. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm just saying? So then they chose one movie versus the other, not one movie because of the other. No, I think that would be the case. If you, so like yeah. say dad is a superhero fan, but he likes Superman and Batman more than he does Thor because he didn't really like those first two Thor movies. Even though people are going, Thor is really good. You should see it. He's like, mm, no, I've got 
these two kids and my wife and I'm going to use that money to go see Justice League. But if Justice League came out in 2018, he's probably like, all right, I'll take him and go see it. So what you're saying about the choice is correct. But some people don't have the luxury of being able to go, I'll see that movie and I'll see that one too. And I'll see that third one. I'm in that minority because, for example, you have three girls you're going to go see. For example, right? You had at the same time playing Justice League, Thor Ragnarok, Ferdinand, and Coco. Yeah, guess what I saw? Coco. Yeah. <laughs> I already know. I got a seven-year-old baby sister. You went to see Coco. I yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, so I didn't get a choice. Yeah. The rest, you got to be like, all right, that's coming on Netflix, that's coming on yeah. Redbox, that's coming Five, on six. HBO. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll watch them when they come out, you know? In the face of that, do you think DC should focus more on going comic noir as opposed to being comics for everyone like Marvel and saying, well, we're, we're just going to go all in and make these dark PG-13 to R-rated style comics and no. let the chips fall where they may? No. no? I think that was a okay. terrible idea for them because... DC has the more aspirational heroes. So I'm sure even now most kids know Superman and Batman. Maybe that maybe that gap is closed dramatically since 2008, but I still think kids know Superman, Batman way more than those Avengers guys. And while they're dominating in the movies, DC characters have those they have the TV shows, they have the cartoons on lock. They have those Lego movies, Lego games. They're all over for that little right. generation. And you still need to reach them. And for what they really need to do is branch out. They need to start exploring that, that corner of their universe that has not been done to death. They need to do yeah. a legion of superhero show or movie. They need to explore characters like Doom Patrol or The Outsiders. They just need to go off the beaten path of it. And they don't have to make I'm them saying. dark. They can make them fun. And I think some of the problems, they've just been a little too dark for people who had their sons trying to explain why really? broke Zod's neck. Or and killed him. Ah, okay. Okay. So that that's my take on that. All right, so let me wrap this whole thing up with Black Panther here. They just, uh Kendrick Lamar just dropped the soundtrack list and it's got some major, major talent. Weekend, SZA, Travis Scott, among others. How quickly are you picking up this C D or downloading it, whatever you do? What do you think about this? How do you think this is gonna further raise the awareness for Black Panther? Gunner. One is Kendrick. You saw Kendrick on the uh, on the uh, Grammy just now, right? Yep. So as soon as the rumors happened that he was actually doing the soundtrack, I'm pretty sure people were awaiting that, just like the movie. At least we get a little snack, right? So before the main course on the seventh, on the on the fifteenth, seventeenth, whenever you're gonna see it. So yeah, I mean, just pick it up, get a little taste. You're gonna hear it in the movie. I'm, I'm down. To to your question, probably all the above, the 15th, 16th, and the 17th. I've already got my 15th uh, ticket set. So Yeah, fortunately, someone made plans for me on the 17th, but I'm going to try to see it after. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's move on here from Black Panther and to another thing that, that kind of coincides, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Chief, I'm going to start with you on this one. So one of the producers, creators of Black Lightning, 
fielded a question from a reporter this week was, is Black Lightning anti-white? And <laughs> because clearly I mean, the name of the show is Black Lightning, not White Lightning. And if it's White Lightning, clearly, all right, we're all pro-white. But Black Lightning kind of insinuates that maybe this guy is not down with the white man. Chief, what do you think about this, man? And why does a show called Black Lightning have to deal with those ridiculous kind of questions? I don't know, man. I don't know why people do those things. Uh, obviously, the guy's black. He, he it's, you know, if it's if it's no drama or controversy behind things, I don't I don't think people are happy. Um, anything particular you do in the show or or say in the show, people take offense to. I, I mean, what what can you do nowadays or say nowadays anyway that people don't take offense to? Nothing. Um, yeah, uh, hey. you know, somebody offended right now that I said that. Um, so I think that um, our existence is offensive, right? So that's why they're pissed. I don't know. Like, <laughs> all right. So basically, uh, Black Lightning does not have have. I mean, Black Lightning is literally a show about a black guy and his family and his community, and there's literally nothing that is divisive to any group. It's a very inclusive show. It's empowering. It's celebrating a black community and a black hero. So there, I mean, they have one white guy and who's a regular cast member and he's up in black lightning. Um, but that's it. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's like so many other shows. It's just, just like his friends anti-black because there's no black, friend or is cheers <clears throat> is you know cheers anti-hispanic because there's no hispanic people there i'm gonna tell you what i, I remember when luke cage came out mm-hmm. and uh they were like oh you know it's 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 it's, it's anti-white there's no white people the truth about the thing is almost everything you see on tv is is for white people by white people and the minute something hits that doesn't include they get a feeling like they're being disrespected um how many i mean tell uh, i mean what's the how many times you've gone to a movie and it's been an all-white cat or I, do i go in there and say well you know this was a movie against against you know against blacks i mean you watch friends you i watched friends for years i watched seinfeld for years I didn't, you know, I didn't say to myself, oh, these guys hate, you know, they hate blacks because there's hardly any blacks on the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's what it was. If, I mean, generally, uh, white people have white friends. Black people have black friends. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if you're watching a, a, a white cast movie that those people in that movie hate blacks or if you're watching a black cast movie that, that it, it's, it's discriminatory, you know, to... to uh, you know, to whites. I mean, it just it just is what it is. It's just a show showing this man's area or that person's area, and and that's the people that you 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 deal with the people in your area. I mean, it would be a little weird to watch a, a white show and all his friends were black, but he lives in a white community. You wouldn't see that. Yeah. So you so that that's, that's you know so. Uh, you know, people. You know, it, it, the show is what it is. 
it's a black guy in this community doing whatever. I'm, you know, I'm sure there are white people on the show. Chill out. Enjoy the show if that's what you do, man. Or, or don't watch it if that's what you do. You know? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people watch things just to complain about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to see what happens so I can say this. Anytime you have something that's exclusively black or even deemed black themed, we have to go out of our way to be diverse because there's nothing more than that white people hate than something that's inclusively black because they don't have a feeling or they don't have a... Some white people. Not all. Let's clean it up. There's a feeling that anything inclusively black excludes you and you can't feel excluded. Yet we can be included in something that's deemed mostly uh, uh, for by white people for white people. But when we're on screen or when we're featured, we're just a stereotype. We are nothing more than a stereotype. Go back and watch The Sopranos. Show me the positive black images on The Sopranos. I'm sure the same criticism that's that's been levied against black lightning will eventually be, you're going to see those little couple critics kind of say, well, you know, I wish the cast was a little more inclusive. You're going to start seeing those little pop-up critics saying, you know, Oh, I get it. Was a you know it's a fictional nation, but I wish the cast was a little more diverse. So like, to answer, is, hold on, I don't want to I don't want to forget this part. But so back when he was assigned the book, Christopher Priest was like, no one, no one, one of his main objectives. No one's going to read this book because it features a black character. The title is Black Panther. No a majority of white people are going to care about this book and a black book is not going to sell on its own featuring a black lead. So he created this character or not created, but he took this character who was in another book kind of randomly thrown in named Everett Ross. And what he did with him was he made him the audience voice an audience, meaning the quote unquote mainstream audience. So they could question Black Panther and be like, well, what's he doing with all these black chicks and these guys in African garb? But he was smart about it because he realized people, I mean, the black comic book reader at that time was was not going to be enough to keep the book going. And that character, Everett Ross, is in this movie, which I think was also smart. He was introduced in Civil War, but he was introduced not just for the sake of Civil War, but to give a certain demographic of audience members that character so they can be like, okay, well, I guess it's not all Black Panther. And Black Panther's not racist, totally. So, yeah, that, that I just want to interject there, but go ahead, back to your point. Sorry. So you're, you're going to have people complaining, like, it's not inclusive enough. Well, we're portrayed as either criminals or idiots, and, and that's just not accurate. Let me just do, do a real quick recap of all the TV shows, because I know not everybody saw them. But, but uh, Jace, I know you had all kinds of thoughts on Supergirl, so just take it away. I'll let you go with what you're feeling about Supergirl. This episode of Supergirl, once, it's like, it's, I always harken back to what I said in the first season. Like, the actual characters are the better part of the show. It's like, when they try and bring in Guardian, it's like, okay, who can't see the random black guy? Who the only black guy we've actually seen in this show? He's now. You see a black a guy with a mask on, but you can see he's a black dude. How and you're hanging around Lena. How am I not supposed to think that's you know Jimmy Olsen? Uh, 
in Mono, it continues to be the most useless character in all of these shows. And I, it, it, I don't actually understand why he's on the show acting like he has powers. He is completely useless. Uh, and it, it's just, and it's actually kind of frustrating because it's like he could be a better character. Once again, I, I'm just like this. This started with just get rid of everybody else. Just have the, go with the slow burn. Turn Lena Luther heel, and also make sure that all the men are looking like they're stupid. Or I mean, I, I guess another aspect is they always want to make it so like the female characters are stronger than the males. Uh, Lillian can uh, Lillian can get out of jail, but Lex is somehow magically stuck behind, uh, stuck in jail. Superman can't be found. They do all these distractions instead of putting them actually on equal footing. Like, hey, this person can do that. This person can do that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that that kind of is frustrating with the show. But when it actually just goes to the actual characters, like uh, the the lady who's playing Rain, like her story was good, um, even though Alex is now the a resident doctor who can sniff poison out of somebody's mouth randomly versus an actual trained physician. I'm venting a little bit, but this episode was a complete, was easily just skip it and go to next week and you'll, you'll be better off. Gunner, what do you think? I need them to kind of keep playing. They keep slow rolling this rain character because I like what they're doing with this. You know, and then the world killers, of course. And, you know, of course, the first world killer you can identify as a black one. We'll move on from that. And then, yeah, I was always like, I was all upon the whole, <laughs> I'm like, dude can't tell that's Jimmy Olsen threatening him over, over a freaking building. I'm sitting here like, that's Jimmy Olsen in this match. How about I just out you? And then this is all over. Secondly, why is he still guardian? Like, I thought we already established, like, this is a dumb idea, but whatever. Uh, it's still not as bad as Legends of Tomorrow, so I'll still be watching it. But I need him to just, yeah, focus on Supergirl, focus on Rain. Uh, and then last week we blew away the whole blue sun thing <laughs> that kind of blew away the whole plot of last episode. So we'll move on from that. This one was kind of lackluster because they played up guardian a little too much to me. Yeah, I don't mind Monel being there and the Legion superhero, the Legion superheroes, because at least they're finally like introducing them. But yeah, this episode was a little lackluster. I didn't hate it, but I'm kind of like, okay, what's the next one about? Arrow is surprisingly right now for me. Arrow has come off really strong since it's, it's since it's winter break. All the issues that were plaguing it before seem to have been taken care of and addressed. Like the the, the writers took the time to figure out, hey, this isn't working, that's not working. Let's fix this. Let's make this make more sense, and it's all coming together. And the action scenes have been great, and the whole Team Arrows and Outsiders dynamic has been fun, and it actually seems like the show is finding its groove again. Gunner, what do you think about Arrow so far? I was a little worried um, earlier this season, but uh, they've turned that corner. It's a sharp turn. Um, it's really cool. I said last week was uh, week before last was great. Uh, last week, wow. I mean, they got the outsiders. They're like, no, nah, we're still not cool, dog. But, you know, here, we're still having action scenes. It's great. Then the whole, like, you know, first-person view kind of game that um, William could see his dad kick butt. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, dude, your dad's Green Arrow. Like, stop, stop, stop whining. Like, your dad's Mayor and Green Arrow. They're like the ultimate, like, position of white privilege right there. So, chill. <laughs> like, come on. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like this episode. I think it showed... You know, again, it's focusing on Oliver straight up, like the first couple seasons. 
where it's like, I'm a superhero, but I'm struggling being a superhero because I got an actual life and I got a double life. They're finally going back to that. And then, you know, the whole team building that they've been trying to produce. I don't I, I like, I don't know. I like what they're trying to do. I want to see where it's going. Um, I hope it's going to a good place and not, you know, the island again. But, you know, I guess that wouldn't be too bad. Oh, uh, listen to the podcast we talked, we did um, after the winter breaks and we were all kind of, you know, oh, you know, this whole uh, legion, of this uh, next super villain cabal isn't as great and doesn't make sense. But since the break, like having vigilante, it's like, hey, it was actually, I'm going undercover versus not. So that actually did make sense. And I think they have done more since the break to actually advance their season storyline. And I think it's actually, it, it's, that's why we've been probably the most optimistic on that one versus any of the other CW shows, which seem to have kind of, ha- they've kind of fallen off since the break. This one seems like, oh, we got, we're advancing the story. This looks like it's going to be a fun uh, conclusion to the season. And then that little hint that, you know, something's not right. The fact that uh, Kane and James thinks his son was killed by Oliver and somebody told him he's the green arrow, but we know that's not right. So I, I kind of have a theory on who it might be, but I really want to see how that plays out. Cause that could be a really interesting turn. Uh, if the finale point of the season. Okay. So, all right, all right. Who are you talking about? I think I know what you just do. Who are you talking about? I think I think it's actually uh I think it's Thea. Think what? Thea? Why would it be Thea? Because she was actually in Corto Montese. Oh, she was the one that like, killed the son. Yeah. Like oh, no, remember like okay. no no like remember like when when she was with Malcolm Merlin, it was in Corto Maltese. And that's when he said he got it from an IP address in Colton Montes. So maybe she, some, maybe something else is going on in the background. But I, I mean, hey, I, I like being wrong on these kind of fantasy uh, fiction drafts on uh, who the, who the turncoat is. But you know, something's not right. And I think that that's when that when that comes out, that's going to come. I think that'll be really cool. All right, Gunner, who do you think it is? Erlen, straight up. Why not? We ain't seen him all episodes, all season. And the season's been really good, and every good season has had a Malcolm Merlin situation. But he's so, dead. He's, yeah, okay. he's not under contract. That's the one reason it shouldn't be. Oh. He's, he's not under contract. He's done with the Arrowverse right now. Maybe. I think they can keep that secret, and nobody knows. But, yeah, okay. I mean, right. so, was, so was the dude that played Slade Wilson, so there's yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, I thought he was done, too. Well, I don't know. All right. So, and and last one because I don't want to, you know, Black Lightning was good, and I had the same problems with Black Lightning that I've had from the jump. They're rushing ahead too much with Anissa's story. We we don't know who she is as a character. Well, I mean, the thing they're is, kind of developed it. This is no, great. I don't feel like they're developing. They're rushing, man. It's like it's episode three. We haven't seen her as a teacher again. We. Introduced her girlfriend last week, and now she broke up with her girlfriend because they were struggling. And I mean, I don't care about relationships on CW superhero shows, period. (laughs) But I don't, I don't care about. I mean, because what they wasted what ten, fifteen minutes last episode, and now it's like ah, she wasn't that into you anyway. You weren't that into her. It's like, well, why do we spend all that time with her? Did that look like a? 
did that look like that was a great struggling relationship? I mean, I, I mean, based on what I saw, that didn't look like a struggling relationship. It did. So I mean, it looked like they had a regular relationship. And then next week, hey, it's over. Let's move on. What? And in the comic, she's with Grace, who they introduced this week. And it's just feel like, yo, you guys are rushing. I need y'all to slow it down. Pace yourselves with Anissa. She's a good character. I don't need to speed through her life like you guys are not doing with anybody else. Everybody else has a nice progression to their character. Like Jennifer, we've known a little bit of her. She's kind of like this, kind of tired of living in the shadow of her sister, of her father. And she met this dude or she's hooked up with this nice guy. And she learned from her first episode. And now she's kind of getting her life together with this with, with Khalid, Khalil. And everything's going cool with her. But they're not rushing to go through this dramatic arc with her in three episodes they're slow burning her and same deal with lynn same deal with jefferson the main character of the show i mean he has not changed his character or where where his motivations are since the first episode and this is all over the place like she is doing one thing the next episode one one episode she's an activist the next eh, i don't really care about that i want to do something more they just need to take their time with her she's a really good character but i don't need to see them rushing to make her a superhero already we don't know enough about her to invest in her as a superhero. I wonder if this is because they only have 13 episodes. It's like they feel like they have to get to a certain point mm. by the end of the first season. It's like, I mean, just it, like having not having to focus on Jefferson in his life as a teacher and as a father, maybe they think, oh, that won't bore the audience. But again, that still is the be- that is the most mature CW's show based on that versus everybody else is kind of the not a they're an adult but he's actually a father figure like somebody who couldn't hang with the rest of the CW universe because he's like I'm actually a grown up I don't have time for all these kid games like he's a grown I'm trying to family. save my city yeah I mean he's 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 like I'm I'm actually mature you guys are all kids like he he could go into Arrow like son I don't have time for this like. I have to save my city, and I actually, I actually did it. You, you failed nine thousand every for five years. You failed. I actually, I actually did it, but I had to focus on my family. And and instead of focusing on that aspect, they keep going like, hell, let's 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 for the first twenty minutes focus on Anissa, and then switch up who she was from episode to episode. Which yeah, having, I, I don't know anything about her, so it's completely out of left field for me. Gunner, you, you have a different uh, opinion. What do you think on this? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I just recalled looking at Laurel, and I'm like, okay, when are they going to just kind of – I mean, we had to wait three seasons, really, for her to really be um, – and then Cisco had to make herself for a canary quest, for her to really be black canary, and then they killed her off? Come on. So I'm kind of like, we waited. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So with Laurel, Something about the big difference. No, no, no. But yeah. the thing is that – with with Black Canary, she's always been very closely linked to Green Arrow. I mean, you think of maybe Green Lantern, but you definitely think of Black Canary as like one of his main allies or partner. She's not his sidekick. She's she's right there with him. And same deal with Batman to a same to a, a similar extent. You kind of like, all right, where's Robin showing up? I mean, you know, they they do their thing. And same deal with Kid Flash on Flash. It was like, all right, well, where's Wally? Oh, there's Wally. With Black Lightning, you don't immediately think, oh, 
where's his daughters? He, that's that's just well, when they introduce her on the show and originally, you're like, I'm gonna be like, well, where are they proud? I mean, they, I mean, she, they were in the first episode. But you know what saying, I mean? So it's like, no, I'm no, going to no. think, I'm when are they going to show their, their powers? Historically. I think they're just eliminating the fact that, I think they're eliminating the fact that, you know, people are always going to be like, uh, where are they? So they're just like eliminating that little gap there. And they're just saying, nope, she's an adult. She should have her powers. So my thing with it is, These are, hold up. They're not well known. Hold, hold up, hold up. My thing is with Black Lightning, he's been around since the 70s. His daughters haven't been a huge part of him as a character until like the last decade maybe so they're not as closely tied and linked to him and and like in tv shows and cartoons you don't always see black lightning's daughters hanging with him it's like oh yeah that's that's the black lightning family he's always kind of solo and if you have that limited black lightning series yeah his daughters show up or they're hanging around and doing stuff with other teams but they're not so closely linked as some of those other partner adult and teen sidekick or adult partner things so i think it would have been cool because black lightning's been a really good show and i think they've done everything right that they could have just taken more time to build him up as a character and let us care about his daughters as people like they're doing with Jennifer without having to, to rush to get them super powered. I know you're like, Hey, let's just get him in powers, but I don't want black lightning shortchanged. That's my, always my point on that. Last but not least, and we're just going to go through this one real quick. So the flash had a homage to honey. I shrunk the kids. Ralph and Cisco got shrunk down by a meta who for some reason just wants to collect items as opposed to shrinking out mansions and gold banks so he can live a fat life as opposed to just living in a rundown apartment. And Barry is on his continue to make dumb moves, Barry mode, and he breaks Goldberg out of prison, even though they're still trying to get evidence that he was set up. And of course, that leads to him getting caught by the warden, who for some reason has a super camera that can catch the flash moving between seconds and register a lightning bolt, which should not have happened. I, you know, Flash has been for me this struggle since it's come back from the break, it, from its break. It's been anti-arrow in this case where I left Flash really excited about where they were going to go. And since it's been back, I've been kind of disappointed with way they, which the direction in which they've gone. So I need them to step up and be a little bit more serious. Real quick, 20 seconds or less, guys. What do y'all think about what's going on in Flash? Starting to get boring. I don't care about the other characters as much. The shrinking episode, I never liked when that little trope of every superhero has to be shrunk in order to see what they would do in this situation since like the 80s of every tv show i've ever watched i can't stand it i never watched honey i shrunk the kids because i really hate that trope i really just find that the most pointless thing you can possibly do like that's just like oh we're out of we're out of ideas let's just shrink them and see what they do um so i i thought that was dumb i'm just ready for flash to just come out of jail figure this thing out and start fighting the Brainiac dude, and I'm good. Uh, I like. I, yeah, I agree with Connor. I think this this arc, this part of this story needs to go away. I mean, I understand. It's it's it hasn't been good since the break. Uh, this, I would definitely if you're watching this on Blu-ray when you get it, just 
skip these until he's out of jail. Just skip these episodes completely. I don't think they're not worth watching. Now we're going to start back up with Round Robin. So I've gathered up some news so I don't have to go scrambling around while we're talking. So this one's going to go a little bit faster. Fox has paid $3.3 billion to get Thursday Night Football. So now NBC won't be doing that anymore. CBS won't be doing that. It's going to be back on or oh, it's going to be on Fox. What do you think about that? Do you care where it's airing as long as your boys are playing or what? Javon? It, honestly, it doesn't matter if you put Thursday Night Football on Animal Planet. People are going to watch football. Not for nothing. The, the Combine is on primetime TV. People are going to watch football no matter what channel you put on. And I know we made a big bellyache about ratings being down this year, but that's according to who. It's going to still be one of the most watched Super Bowls ever. The ratings are always great. People watch football, so it doesn't matter what network you put on. Uh, Mel Gibson is going to be doing a Passion of the Christ sequel. Gunner, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> Why are you giving me this? Me, I read this earlier me. today. I mean, I mean, I guess, what's the sequel? Like, what's the next book? Paul? Saul? Paul? Like, what's happening? Like, what's the plot? What's the plot? I mean, they could go, they can go on for a while. They can do Revelations. They can do Left Behind, for goodness sake. I don't know. Like, what? What? I just, I, I think it's dumb. I think Mel Gibson is dumb. I think it's the dumbest idea ever. Sorry, Christians that are like, you know, the evangelists that keep voting for white people and Trump and whatnot. And conservative ways that really want to kill people like us. Yeah, this is just dumb. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, why do you need... I mean, I actually liked the first... Like, I actually liked it. I'm one of those odd, actual Christians that actually liked it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, I get what they're doing. So why do we need to see another one? This is dumb. Sorry. All right. I don't know why you need that one to me. <laughs> I just need you to have the quickest hot take on that one. Jace, it looks like we're finally going to get our first look at Solo. Or during the Super Bowl. So if you were not interested in watching this debacle between the Patriots and Eagles Sunday, now you have a reason to tune in. Are you excited about your first look of Solo? I'm not excited, uh, but some trailers can change my opinion on stuff. Just because I, I have negative perceptions of Solo doesn't mean it's necessarily going to suck. It could be good. Well, that was a ringing endorsement there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally ringing just completely like bells church bells ringing it was something oh. speaking of trailers that were fun what y'all think of the ant-man trailer but it was fun it was it was the attack of the hello kitty pez wasp was in action we got to see a little bit of what's going to be in store for this next one they're going to take on the ghost looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun Lawrence fishburne was there we didn't see a glimpse of michelle pfeiffer but we did see michael douglas so yeah the film is coming out did anybody else laugh when when the giant Pez thing came out, I laughed. I was actually at work. I saw the giant Pez. I laughed. Last thing for y'all today, and I, this I'll let y'all all talk on this one. One of my great guilty pleasures is Big Brother, and they're doing the very first United States version of Celebrity Big Brother, and easily the biggest, most controversial name is Omarosa. She's going to be a house guest. And she's going to be trapped in the Big Brother house until all of the house guests get annoyed with her and vote to evict her, which is probably going to be in week one. Hopefully she lasts around until the second week so we can get some tea spilled all over that place. But uh, the other the other celebrities are Mark McGrath, a.k.a. Sugar Ray, Rudy from The Cosby Show, <laughs> and who else? The uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, we've got a couple of those, those celebrities. So 
Well, will that be enough to get y'all to tune into Big Brother so we can talk about that? I haven't watched Big Brother since it came out, first of all. Two, didn't Armorosa get up, get already kicked out of a Big Brother house within a couple of weeks? <laughs> for doing, for being actually, almost, almost made it a year. Do you really think you would watch? Is she, would she be a driving factor for you to watch Celebrity Big Brother? I was already going to watch it. And I'm really asking yeah. for you all because I have every intention of watching as much of this as on as is on TV. I'll be watching it on Pop TV, Big Brother After Dark. Shout out to all my crew on there. I'll be tweeting, live tweeting After Dark every night. Yeah, I'm going to be there for every episode. You did it on, on, on most other Big Brother shows until you got sick of them, so... I More can't imagine being sick of a, a season with Omarosa, or can I? I mean, she's going to be entertaining, uh, if nothing else. If nothing else, she's going to bring her brand of crazy. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing train wreck, and I cannot wait to see all of the flow. I forgot the other dude that's on here, who you guys would actually care about. Hmm. Meta World Peace. I don't care about him. Yeah. Okay, well, aren't both of them on reality? Rod, Rod, come on! But that's that's her, her him and Amorosa to give you at least ten minutes of laughs. They might end up a couple, or that. Either way, I'm not watching. I'm good. Like, well, fellas, that's everything. So that's it for this. Uh, when we wrap this episode, we will be man. We'll, we're going to be less than two weeks from Black Panther. So uh, maybe we're going to start talking about what we're going to wear. Uh, and all that good stuff. So, fellas, thanks for tuning in and joining me for another episode. Thank you all for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed. All right, so that's episode 14 in the can. You may have wondered what happened to Chief. Where's Chief? His audio bailed, and so he was not able to stay on with us for the rest of the show. But I've talked with him. Everything's straight now on his end, so he'll be back and ready to go for next week's episode. Uh, On the other front, on other things, I may have some interviews for Black Panther lined up. Fingers crossed I'll be able to bring those to you on the podcast as soon as next weekend. We'll see what happens. Um... I picked up some Black Panther t-shirts. I also got the Marvel Legends uh, Black Panther Shuri and Claw. So if you're into action figures, check out my reviews. I'll have them up by the very least Thursday next week. And uh, man, it's almost time for Black Panther. So excited and so ready to see this movie. Also glad that Facebook is on top of things and getting rid of all the racist hate groups uh, who tried to sabotage Black Panther's Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm really excited about all the positive buzz and just seeing all the cool uh, cosplay, all the Facebook and Twitter comments. People are ready for this movie, and I am really ready for it. On Lyle's Movie Files, you'll see Bilal, a new breed of hero. That's the latest review. I'm also going to do a couple of VOD video on demand reviews so stay tuned for that if you're enjoying the show so far give us a hit on itunes subscribe to us check us out that way you don't have to try to track it down and every one of those matters to me so thank you i really appreciate you listening this is something i'm still trying to get a handle on so it's a very much a work in progress so thanks for sticking with me through the hard part of getting this bad boy down uh hope you've enjoyed the show we'll be back next week take it easy